the Marketing Growth Podcast. This podcast episode is sponsored by Ahrefs. I'm your host, Shane Barker. Today, I have Lisa Lepke with me on the podcast. She's the Chief Marketing Officer for Pro Writing Aid, an online tool that helps writers refine their marketing. She's been writing for over a decade, and I wanted to know more about her writing journey in this episode. Before I get the conversation started, I have some good news for all the marketers out there. Ahrefs is currently offering a seven-day trial for only $7. Yes, you heard that right. Seven-day trial for only $7. It's a steal, you guys, especially because the tool offers rich functionality. Using the Ahrefs platform, you can identify low-competition keywords and even check out the ones that your competitors are ranking for. Also, their two tools, Site Audit and Site Explorer, are available for free use right now. Okay, now let's jump right into the conversation. Cool. So you guys, hey, we're excited today. We have Lisa Lepke from the Chief Marketing Officer of Pro Writing Aid. We are excited about interviewing you today, or I'm excited about interviewing you today. But some of the audience might not know who you are. There's probably at least maybe two or three people. I know you're huge <laughs> in the UK, right? In London. But tell us, tell us a little bit where you grew up. I want to get a little backstory on you here. So where did you grow up? Tell us about your family. Give us a little, a little history here. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Canada um, in a city called Calgary, which is sort of right where the prairies meet the mountains, just north of Montana. Mm. Um, and I, there's about four of us in our family, um, my brother and my parents. And then I have a massive extended family. I think if you include all my cousins and their spouses and their kids and their kids' kids, there's over 50 of them mm. on my sort of cousin level. Yeah. And that's, and are they all in Canada or... No, they're all over the place. There are, uh, there's quite a few in the States. Um, and then there's a few in Europe. There's a couple in Africa. Yeah. Wow. So that's family reunions are probably a little difficult to get everybody together, I would assume. A bit tricky to get everyone together. But there's a lot of them that um, get together over Christmas and get as many people as possible um, into some big barn or something that we have to rent to, to fit everybody in. I mean, why wouldn't we go to a barn? That makes total sense. <laughs> what, um, tell us, so you, so you grew up in Calgary. How long were you in Calgary for? I was in Calgary for, well, I, I went to university in, at Dalhousie University, which is in Nova Scotia on the East Coast. So I was in Calgary till about, I was about 17. And then I moved to the Maritimes on the East Coast um, and did my undergraduate degree there. And then I did a master's in London um, a few years after that. And that's where I met a boy. And that is where I still am all these years later. Because those boys will help keep you in certain cities if things go right. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. That is awesome. So tell us any interesting facts. I know you said Calgary. It's like, I've never been there. I've seen pictures. It looks absolutely amazing. It looks like the place where you need to be. Um, tell us, you got any, any interesting facts about, about you and growing up? Anything fun that nobody knew, like used to you know, ride horses or something fun, exotic? Yeah. So Calgary is Calgary's really cold in the, in the winter, as you can imagine. All of those images that you have of Canada are all true in the middle of the winter when it comes to Calgary. And so my interesting fact about Calgary is that all of the buildings downtown are linked by like a skywalk system. And so in Calgary, you can go 18 kilometers just from building to building without ever going outside because of the skywalk system. And that's just because it's so cold. Really? So it's interlinked like that. So you could literally be inside the building and it just goes all the way. They have something like that kind of in Vegas, but it's more like a train, but that's crazy. So because of how cold it is, they're like, we don't want to lose people in Calgary because they'll freeze yeah. to death. Nobody so they wants interlink to go inside. Yeah, it's 18 how... kilometers of, of like overground glassed hallways. Yeah, it's cool. That, that is awesome. See, that is a really, that is an interesting fact. And then now you're <laughs> actually, are you in London? You're in London. 
I'm not in London. I moved to London about 16 years ago. And then about seven years ago, we moved about an hour south of London. So we're right down on the coast. Um, I've, I live about a 10 minute walk from the English Channel. Mm, good times. Good times. Mm. I was just and telling Shane before we started talking that I'm going down to see some comedy on the beach tonight. I feel like most of my life when the weather is okay, sort of revolves around the beach at the moment. Yeah. Super difficult life. Thanks for pointing that out. Sounds like you're, you're struggling out there. I got to go to the beach and see a comedy club. And we were joking around like everybody in the U.S. Like we, you know, what I think is funny is that everybody in the U.S. is like on lockdown. They're like, don't go anywhere. I mean, you can go outside and every week it's different. So I think it's funny. You're like, I'm going to the beach. Can I go to a comedy club? I'm like, a comedy club? I've heard about those. Is that where people get together? Oh, that's where they laugh. Oh, I've heard about those. That sounds awesome. Well, good. Good. Yeah, well, yeah. excited for you doing that. And you, you went to school, you said you went to school in, in Calgary. No, you went to the East Coast? Yeah, I went to the East Coast, um, to Halifax, uh, to the University of Dalhousie. Um, and I did, I did a combined degree in social anthropology and international development studies. Yeah. And then where'd you go from there? Then obviously, but you're having, having a writing. Like, what was your first job out of college? Like, it sounds like... Well, my first job out of college was on a Canadian... Um, international development project in the Philippines, <laughs> which was mostly just me wanting a great adventure and wanting to, you know, save the world a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. So I spent a year living on a, an island called um, Cebu Island in the Philippines. I do. I've never been to Cebu, but I've actually worked with some virtual assistants that live in Cebu. I've said nothing but good yeah. things about Cebu. And you were there for a year. I was there for a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was cool. That's that's awesome. And what were you, and what were you doing? You were doing, I mean, because you just kind of wanted to save the world, which I'm sure you did your part. It sounds like <laughs> Cebu was a good place to start. It was a, it was a Canadian project that was all about helping farmers and fishermen um, find more environmentally sustainable practices. And so I did a lot of the, I did a lot of the reporting about it and ran a lot of the meetings and government sort of side of things just to try and help um, make change that was positive for, for the, for the farmers and for the people that were living there. So it wasn't just here are the new rules and you can't do any of these things anymore. Yeah, it was really interesting. You have a big heart, so you care. Yeah, yeah, okay. well, I so did for I, a year anyway. <laughs> that's right. just, I did my part. If everybody just cared for a year, <laughs> imagine the impact we could have, right? Yeah. Like, then after that, you don't exactly. have to care. But it's just like, if we just gave one year of our life, actually, that's a true story. If everybody gave one year of caring, God, it would be like the Care Bear stare, who knows? That would be yeah. amazing. It would change mm. the world for sure. It, yeah. it really would. It really would. I know it's hard to get people to donate an, an hour out of their year, but let alone one year. That's, that's awesome. Especially yeah. in the Philippines. I've never been to the Philippines, but I've seen nothing but good things. I have traveled speaking at speaking events and met a lot of people and they tell me that the Philippines, like there's certain areas that are like absolutely stunning, like stunning, stunning. Like it's like, it's I almost mean, like, it's, yeah. It's so stunning. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Have you been? It's have a, you been I mean, I think it's, it's a hard place for lots of people to live, but the, the, the beauty of the, we would go to a different island every weekend and all the people everywhere were really welcoming. And yeah, I had a really positive experience there. How about the, how about the food? The food is probably amazing, huh? Yeah, the food is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm a, I'm a big, tra I mean, well, used to be a big traveler. I'll, traveling people, I'm explaining to the people who listen to the podcast, traveling is where we used to be able to go to other places, <laughs> like on yeah. a plane and stuff like that. It's, you guys will have to Google it um, and take uh, a look at that. But that's, that. I do. I miss traveling. I and the airlines are, they keep sending me these things. They're like, hey, do you want to go to Maui? It's $129 <laughs> one way. And I'm like, I do. I'm willing to get COVID. Like, let's do that. That makes sense. I'd rather be <laughs> on a beach than, you know, than once can not be able to go. 
All right. So, okay. So we have a little premise of, of who Lisa is, where she started off, um, how she gave one year of her life. Like I think you guys should go out and do as well. I'd highly <laughs> recommend that. Um, then how did you get in? How did you become a writer? Like how did that whole thing, was it just like a passion thing that you started? Or I mean, how did that, I mean, how did, because your degree wasn't necessarily, in, uh, you know, in, like you didn't go get your English degree, right? I mean, it was kind no. of. No, I've, I've always written. I was one of those kids with, you know, piles of journals in my closet. And whenever I was worried about anything, the first thing I would do is go write it all down and try and work through all my thoughts and ideas and everything that way. And that's still what I do whenever I'm feeling concerned about something or if I can't get my head around something, I try and write it all out and make sense of it that way. Um, and I loved writing and like, I was the kid that liked writing the essays at university and I'm the one at work to proof everybody else's reports and that sort of thing. But I just, it just never felt realistic to me at all that I could be a writer because, you know, a writer, a writer is Margaret Atwood or Ernest Hemingway or, you know, they're, they're these amazing, incredible artists. And yeah. what, me just like tippy-tapping around on my laptop just didn't feel like I could be a writer. So it just, it never even really occurred to me in the beginning. So you, you're, you're an angel. And I'm saying that only because I, I know you were the person that read my papers and said, okay, we're going to have to make a lot of changes here. Like you, were the, <laughs> you were the reason that there might be people out there that say, yeah, Shane's actually a good writer. And it's because of, of people like yourself, not only giving to the Philippines for one whole year, but also the <laughs> fact that you would read stuff that I would write and go, okay, there's, this is, I told you an hour, this is maybe going to be three hours and this is it's only four paragraphs. So we're going to have to <laughs> take some time here. We're going to need a lot, missing a lot of commas and a lot of punctuation and stuff. Um, that's awesome. So, yeah, well, that's like, the what? stuff I love. I mean, I can do that. I can do that for everybody. I'm always volunteering to do, all my friends are starting up businesses and things right now. And I just get straight in there and do all of their editing and everything for them. I just, it just really gives me a sense of satisfaction. That is awesome. I, I honestly, this is, and this is all joking aside, which I don't say that too often on the podcast. I, I have a teacher, Miss Schwartz, and she was my English teacher. And I really wish I would have paid more attention to her. I don't think Miss Schwartz listens to my podcast because she probably has better things to do. But the, the funny part is, is like, I, I really wish I would have like really would have spent more time list, like English, like really paying more attention. Like I was like, Oh, I'll get through it. And I'd write papers that were okay. But you know, these days, and obviously I have a team of writers that are absolutely phenomenal. They're absolutely amazing and do amazing things and, and make me look amazing online. Um, <laughs> but I tell you, it's just, it's, it's you either, not that you either have it or you don't, but it's just, I know it's difficult for me. It is anyway. It's like when I go to look at stuff and it's like trying to edit something, it just, it just takes a lot. But for you, it's just, it's natural. That's awesome. That is awesome. I think it's just one of those things that if you're interested in it, then, then you practice it. And I think in the beginning, I didn't realize how much of being a writer is learned and is just practice like anything else. And the more you do of it, the, more, the better you become. And I think that's one of those things with anybody working in the creative industries, like whether you're a writer or a painter or a, or a dancer or whatever, people think that you have to have this natural talent before you could ever dream of becoming it. But actually so much of it is is technique. Like if you're gonna do a beautiful painting, then you have to learn how to mix colors properly. You have to learn which brushes create the right effects. You have to learn what acrylic paint is compared to watercolors. All of that technique is underneath so that the artist can create what they've envisioned in their head, right? And I think writing is sort of the same thing. You know, you have to have good ideas for sure, but you also need to know how to construct a good sentence and you have to know how word choice affects how your readers understand what you're trying to say. And I just think all of that technical stuff is, lear is really learnable. Yeah. And people, no, makes people think you should just have it. 
Yeah, no, I think that makes total sense. I, I mean, you know, it's like it's getting your brain to learn how to write better when you read more or whatever that is, or being an artist. I think that makes yeah. total sense. And I just, I just wish I would have listened or met you maybe, I don't know, 20 something years ago when I was starting that journey of, of listening and listening to teachers. I, yeah. I, anyways, we're, we are where we're It's we not are too today. late. It's not too late, Shane. It's, not it's too never, late. it's never too late. Well, what's never too late is that once again, I have awesome writers and I know where to hire them. So it isn't too late. Like I, <laughs> that's I, a really I probably, good skill. yeah, it's, it's all about letting, should I hire somebody? Yes, I should. That's what I should do. I should find somebody <laughs> that has been doing this for 20 years instead of trying to figure it 100% on my own. Once again, I'm not a bad writer. I just, you know, I'm, I'm just not, when I compare myself to other, like at other things, and I, God, I wish I could write like that. Maybe one day, mm. maybe one day we'll see yeah. how that goes. So <laughs> what, what would you say to other writers that are out there? I mean, because obviously writing wasn't, I mean, you enjoyed it, but it wasn't like your career path that you thought was going to be your career path. Um, mm. What would you say to fellow writers if you could give them a message of like, hey, like if you're a writer out there, once again, it, it takes time like anything else, right? You got to get good at it. But mm -hmm. what, is any good advice that you would give them? Like, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of what you would tell them. I would say there are a lot of different kinds of writers um, and there's a lot of different ways to be a writer. And if you have whatever your interest is, you probably already know a lot more about a certain topic than other people in the same area. And that gives you such a leg up already. And if you're willing to like take the time to write something and then rewrite it and then get someone to give you feedback on it and rewrite it again, then, you know, you can do it. And maybe you're writing scripts. Maybe that's your special area or maybe you're writing you know, educational content, or maybe you're really good at promotional content, or maybe you can just write those words that make people want to buy the thing that, that you're selling. You know, there's so many different ways to be a writer. And I just think you just need to find the, the one that works for you. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And if you are a writer that, that writes good sales copy, please reach out to me sooner than later, because those <laughs> are the people I need on my team. I need somebody helps. Conversions, folks, that's what I care about. On that note, let's wrap up this segment on the Marketing Growth Podcast. Thank you, Lisa. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I still have tons of questions about pro writing aid, which I'll save for the next episode. Stay tuned for another fun conversation.